Well, hey, everybody, it's awesome that we can come together from wherever we are in the world and join together as we study and have a look at the awesomeness of the God that we serve. A very big welcome if you're joining for the very first time. We're in the, in the process of unpacking what God's names mean for us. We've often studied and, and realized that God has a name, and there's been many names given to Him over the time. But as we come into week three, we've been having a look at that the fact that what Jesus calls us calls us to a place of purpose, but what we call God calls us to a place of worship. So thank you so much for joining as we get stuck into another round of the names of God. Let's pray together. We'll welcome everybody, and then we'll get straight into the Word of God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much that we can come together. Thank you that you are the great I Am, that what you say you are, you will be. Father, thank you that from the beginning of our time, you have never, ever dropped us. You have never, ever given us a word that is untrue. You have always spoken truth. You've always spoken exactly who you are. Thank you for all that you are and all that you say you are, and that always you do what you say. You are a God of integrity. You're a God of your word, and we love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, a very big welcome for those of you joining us here in the room. Thank you so much for coming along and being part today. For those of us joining from wherever we are in the world, I know it's crazy to think that we can do church in our living room, in our favorite armchair, but hey, you know what? God exists everywhere, and we can study Him anywhere. So it's awesome that we can jump in today and just be together and have a look at the Word. I thought it'd be good to start today by having a look at kind of what we've been going through, the things that we've been speaking about. Uh, I thought it'd be good today just to recap. If you haven't been able to get hold of the rest of these series, there's a link coming up in the chat room. Join the chat room. Say hi to somebody in the chat room. It's always good to greet people from around the world. But grab the link in the chat room. There's a link there that you can have a look at. You can go through and you can review sessions one and sessions two and catch up. Uh, just make sure that once you catch up, that you keep up because we're moving along at pace and it's quite an awesome experience of being able to unpack who God is in the moment. We've been having a look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And for anybody who knows me knows that that's one of my most favorite scriptures in the whole wide Bible. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. We started off by having a look at what is our proper response to Jesus. What is our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? As that scripture starts in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, 1 and 2, it says, Beloved friends, what should our proper response to God's marvelous mercies be? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be His sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights His heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. And I got to think, hey, we've got to be surrendering our lives to God. We've got to be laying our lives down at His throne. We've got to be saying, hey, God, this is who I am. I give you my all. But often we are so busy wrapped up in, in who we are, how we feel, how we think, what situation we're in, that we neglect to understand that we, get to, we are to get to know the God that we're worshiping much more, much greater than the problems that we bring to His altar. We need to be able to get to know this God so intimately because He says that in the moment you're in, in the situation that you're in, He is the Most High God. He is the one that is able to provide. He is the one that is able to see you through those concerns. And so instead of getting wrapped up in our own little gods and worshiping the problems of life, 
we've been going through a process of saying, well, if we're going to worship, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, in a genuine expression of worship, we ought to know the God we're worshiping. We can't be worshiping a God that we don't really know. And so often, life gets in the way of getting to know God. We get so bogged down with thinking through the problem, thinking through how we're going to solve the problem, thinking through what we need to do, how good we are, how bad we are, how little we've got, how much we've got. We get so wrapped up in these, in these thoughts that we're thinking about who we are, not the God that we worship. You see, God is really intrinsically involved, as we saw last week. He really wants to be involved in a relationship. In fact, the Scripture in Exodus says that He is jealous. He is a jealous God. He wants us to be in relationship. And what He's done is He's put a cycle in process so that we can be in relationship with Him. Remember, Jesus Christ said, If you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. That's because Jesus was the full revelation of God to man. Jesus was sent by God so that man could get to know who He was. He, he got to know who He was. And so as a result of, of this process of God revealing Himself, reveals Himself to man, there's revelation God sends Jesus Christ, and so Jesus Christ can stand there and say, I do the will of the Father. I come to do that which He who sent me to do. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And when we stand at the moment of the revelation of God in our lives through Jesus Christ, we have a decision to make. In the moment, we need to decide that is God who He says He is? Is God going to be our healer in the moment in the name of Jesus? Is God going to be our provider in the moment in the name of Jesus? Is God going to be the one that knows us in the name of Jesus in the moment? Are we going to decide that God is who He says He is in our moment? Because the moment we decide that the revelation that we've received through Jesus Christ of who God is, is who He says He is, the great I Am, then the very next action that will come from us will be worship. We'll be closing the loop of relationship. God comes to us and says, this is who I am. I give you free will to decide, to have a look, to look at the evidence and see that I am who I say I am. I am the great I am. At that moment of free will, at that moment of decision, we get to decide either to establish our own golden calves or worship the God that says who He is. And in that moment of free will, that moment is where we decide either to believe that God is who He says He is or not. Now we open up the channel of revelation the moment we agree to Jesus Christ being the King of kings and Lord of lords in our lives. We open up the channel of revelation by believing in Jesus Christ. Why? Because by believing in Jesus Christ, we get to see the Father. The Father is revealed to us the moment we take our born-again decision. The moment we decide, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. But the free will moment that returns that revelation to God in the form of worship, well, that's a whole different story because that's a moment-by-moment -moment decision. Are we going to use the revelation of who God is through the name of Jesus Christ in the moment and worship who God is and close the relational loop? Or are we going to look for other things and say, I know who Jesus is, I know who God is, but I'm going to do it my way anyway. And that moment of free will, that moment of decision, is what God longs, is jealous after, that you decide to return the revelation that you have of who He is back to Him in the form of worship. Because when He first decided to love us, 
He sent revelation. When we received that revelation in the form of Jesus Christ, we knew of His love and decided to love Him back in the form of worship. And that decision to revelation, decision to worship loop, is how God is in relationship with you. If you want to develop your relationship with God, you need to understand that you need to be completely focused on receiving revelation through Jesus Christ of who God is in the moment and decide to live out who God is in the moment in the form of worship. When we live out who God says He is, when we live out who God has promised Himself to be, when we live out the revelation of Jesus Christ into our lives, we are in fact worshiping God. When we decide that the revelation of who God is in our lives is true, we have to worship Him. I don't know about you, but when I look back over the last couple of years, and, and for those of you who've been following me on social media, you'll know that, hey, my son, my, my oldest boy, just turned 18. And uh, Leanne and I got together, my wife, and we were going through all of the photos. And of course, having moved countries um, relatively recently, we couldn't bring our photographs with us. We couldn't bring all of, the, all of the, the physical printed photographs. I know I'm old enough still to have printed photographs. I'm sorry. But uh, what we did was we had, uh, I sat for hours digitally scanning these photographs in so that we could carry them with us across the world on just a little hard drive. And man, it was great because I didn't have to lug photo albums and wedding albums and all these things. I got it all digitally. But as a result, and certainly because of our travels over the last four years, we've, uh, we've got a lot of photos. In fact, of Kevin particularly, my son, uh, we, we had to wade through gigs of data to find the photographs, the right photographs to place in his little photo montage so that we could show that at his, at his surprise party uh, that we had the other evening. Well, in so doing this process, of course, you sit down memory lane. You start seeing all of the, the houses you've lived in and all of the parties you've been at, the, all of the things that you've done with your son, the mountains you've climbed, the views you've had, the things that you've done, the, the games you've gone to, the cricket that you've watched. Uh, for those of you who don't know what cricket is, you should look it up. It's one of the world's best sports. The rugby games you've looked at. For those of you who don't know what rugby is, you haven't lived yet. But anyway, the fact is, is that you, you get overwhelmed with all of these memories. And Satan climbs in at that moment. And when you're looking at the moment of your memory, you've got the understanding, the head knowledge, that God is providing, that God was there with you. But in the moment, you start doubting. You start thinking, I could have been a better dad. I should have been there more. I should have done more with my son. His 18 years have gone by so quickly. And doubt starts to creep in. And we start establishing ourselves as a golden calf God. And we start saying, well, I was God. I should have been providing more. I should have been doing more. I should have been doing and being there. Now, I'm not saying that those things aren't the right decisions to make. But when we decide that God is providing for my son, God is looking after our family. God is the great lover of our family. And He is the great provider of our family. And whether I've been weak or strong in the moment, that doesn't change who God is. That doesn't change the revelation I have that God was there in the photograph. Couldn't see Him, but He was there and He was aiding and He was helping and He was guiding and He was leading and He was making sure that our family was kept whole even though I had to be away or wasn't there present or failed in some way. God was there. My failures do not 
bring God into failure. My weaknesses does not make my God weak. My issues don't give God a, a sleepless night. That, that, that only comes when I don't have a full revelation of who God is in the moment and I start doubting who I am. And so in so doubting who I am and what I could provide, I'm in fact worshiping my own self. I'm worshiping myself as the provider. Instead of saying, well, hang on, God was there. God was in the moment. God was providing through Jesus Christ the revelation of God in that moment. Even though I wasn't particularly present in that moment, God was present in that moment. And as a result of that, I changed my ways. I start spending more time with my son. I start giving God thanks for providing for my son and keeping him and growing him and nurturing him and maturing him and turning him into the man that he's become over these last 18 years. And I give celebration for the fact that even though I was weak, the moment was strong because God was present. Even though I wasn't present, God, who is always present, was there. And as a result, I've received a revelation of who Jesus is in the moment, who God is in the moment through Jesus, and I'm giving him worship by accepting that he provided, he cared, and he was who he says he was. I hope that made sense, that story made sense to you. I'm kind of rambling from my journal here at the moment, but I hope you get the fact that the moment we decide to walk out who God is in our lives and have the revelation of who God is in our lives, that moment we decide that, that is when we are worshiping God and the loop of relationship is closed. And when we have a look at the different names of God, this is how we get to understanding who He is in the moment, who we need Him to be in the moment. When we, when we understand the names of God, and we've been having a look at a, a couple of the different names of God. Last week, we, we had a look at, at the Most High God in the form of Elohim. We had a look at how that positions itself as the Father, the Abba Father, that He is the Most High God because He can be who He says He's going to be in the moment, and He wants to be in the moment with you as the Father. And this week, we're going to say, well, what revelation can we get about who God is in the moment, every moment? Well, in, in Psalms chapter 7 and verse 17, it says this, I will praise the Lord, capital Lord, according to His righteousness, and I will sing praises to the name of the Lord Most High. Remember, we said that the God's name is so vast and so incredible. We said that God's name is so big and so huge that Bible translators into the English didn't quite know how to use all these names in revelation of who God was. So they came up with this one word, this capitalized word, Lord. But if we scratch a little deeper in that scripture in Psalm chapter 7 and verse 17, and we look at the original Hebrew text, that word Lord there was actually the word, and I hope I pronounce it right, al al -yon. And that word means most high God. Now you might be thinking, but Craig, last week we looked at most high God. Doesn't Elohim mean most high God? Well, Elohim means the only God that can be who he says he is. Elohim is used in conjunction with the great I am. So when he says uh, that, that Elohim, I am God, the God, I am this, I am God. It's saying that, hey, I am the most high God because I say who I say I am and I do what I say I do. And, and so God in the form of Elohim is saying, I'm the only God that can be who he says he is. He, I am the only God that can be, I am who I am. Al-Yon, Al -Al however, 
is a word which says to us that God is the most powerful over all spiritual forces. God is the most powerful over all spiritual forces. He is the God above all gods. There is nothing more holy and more sacred. El Alyon carries a spirituality to it. Elohim carries a war cry, a battle element to it. El Alyon says that the, this Lord, the Most High God, the one who reigns supreme spiritually, is greater than any force that can be dark in your life. In the moment right now, you might be looking and saying, I have a moment where it feels dark. I'm depressed. The world doesn't seem to be have any light in it. I can't figure out a way forward. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. You might be in a situation that's just plain dark. Well, in the moment, God is saying, I am your El Elyon. I am the spiritual light. I am over all darkness. And when I see darkness, I can declare light in the name of Jesus. And when you start getting a revelation in your darkness that God is the spiritual light, the most brightest spiritual light that there can be revealed to you through Jesus Christ, and you simply worship Him, the light, and not the darkness around you, you take a moment of decision to call Him in the moment, El Elyon, your lightness, your spiritual leadership, your spiritual direction, the King of kings over all dark forces. And that is why Jesus conquered Satan. Because Jesus conquering Satan was a revelation of God's power over all forces. That's why Jesus conquered Satan and we call upon Jesus' name because we conquered the evil one. Well, that through that process, Jesus was revealing that God was Al Elyon. God was revealing himself to be the conqueror of your darkness through Jesus Christ. And when we accept that and start walking our lives according to the light, not the darkness, well, then we are worshiping God and we're closing the relational loop and we're making sure that God is our Abba Father in relationship with us. So by accepting and by worshiping this Most High El Elyon God, we are saying that we just sometimes need to be reminded that God is the one in spiritual control. He will never, ever lose his divine supremacy. It's the reason that God can grant you eternal life because He is the Al Elyon. He is the one that can give you the Prince of Peace. He is the Al Elyon. Anything spiritual that is good and pure that comes from God is the best, is the Most High God. You see, when we come go along and we look for happiness in life, happiness is secondary to divine joy. So when we, allow our, when we try and create happiness in our life, our own little creation of happiness to push back the depression, ladies and some of the men, you might create happiness in the darkness by going shopping. You might max out your credit card. That's your way of creating happiness. How many of you know that that is not supreme happiness? That is not divine happiness. That is not Al Alyon happiness. Al Alyon happiness is joy, true divine joy in our hearts. I don't get any joy when I get the credit card bill for the happy shopping that I've done. I, I don't have that kind. But when I call on God in my moment of depression and darkness as the true supreme joy of all the universe, a spiritual quality, El Elyon, He is the supreme joy. He is the Prince of Peace. Well, then I am starting to worship the light, the supreme spiritual light in the world. 
And so when we begin to worship Him as being in control of our spiritual destiny, we begin to allow Him to be exalted over the darkness in our lives. We begin to allow Him to be the spiritual leader that we need in our lives as the supreme spiritual most high God. And that is why Psalm 7 and verse 17 says, I will praise, I will worship. Remember, we started in Romans chapter 12 where we said this is our primary act of worship. He says, I will worship, I will praise the Lord according to His righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. So what's happened? God has revealed to the psalmist His name, El Elyon. And as a result, the psalmist decides to worship Him as the El Elyon. As a result, the relationship cycle is complete. As we mentioned, if you want to improve your relationship with the Father, get stuck into getting Him to reveal to you through Jesus Christ who He is in the moment and worship Him for who He is in that moment. But not only is He the supreme, incredible, El Elyon, spiritual, most high God, He's, he's also the El Roy and when we have a look at the scripture in Genesis chapter 16 and verse 13, where this word is used, it's right in the midst of the story of Hagar. And Hagar had to run away to a desert place far from those that she had been hurt by and been betrayed by. And, and she ran away. Many of us like to do that emotionally. When somebody hurts us and somebody provides pain in our lives, we back away. We, we run away. We might still be present, but we are far away from the situation emotionally. And so this woman, Hagar, had to run away from people that had hurt her and betrayed her. And God, in the moment, reveals himself to her as the God who sees. In fact, she says this in Genesis chapter 16 and verse 13. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me, in Hebrew, Al Roy. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Did you see that? I have now seen the one, revelation, who sees me, worship. And so she completes that relational moment, that relational cycle. She understands. God reveals to her that he is the Elroy. He sees her minutia. He sees the small detail. He sees the individual. He doesn't just sit as the El Elyon governing over these massive spiritual principles, these massive spiritual divine decisions. No, he also is the Elroy who can see the minute detail of your life, that can see you. Not like big brother judging you, looking in and keeping a tabulation of your faults. No, he sees your need. And he reveals to you through Jesus Christ that he sees your need. And when you can look back and say, yes, God knows me intimately. I'm receiving the revelation that God knows me intimately. And we begin worshiping him as an intimate God. We begin celebrating both the Al Alyon and the Al Roy. He is over all things, but he can see my detail. And when I worship him as the God that can be over all things spiritually in my life, but know exactly what spiritual guidance I need for me personally in a one-on-one -on -one relationship with him, now I begin to worship this God that is going to care for me, that is going to never leave me. He's never going to leave us to fend for ourselves. He's always going to be close. He sees what we feel. He knows what we feel. He knows what we feel because he sent Jesus Christ to live out what we feel so he could understand and have relationship with us. When Hagar had to run away, she got an understanding 
that God never ran away. If you are in a place right now of, of feeling like your relationship is some distance from God, or maybe you feel like me sometimes, that God has left the building. Well, then we need to understand that God never leaves the building. He can't. He has defined himself as the God who sees and who knows you. He cannot be anything else other than the God who sees and knows you. In the moment, you can decide whether or not you have a revelation of the God who sees and knows you, or you feel like he's left the building. If we feel like he's left the building, we've made the wrong decision with the revelation we've received. But if we declare that he can't leave the building, that he's always close, that he's always nearby, that he's always working, if we start walking out a lifestyle that shows that we desire to have relationship with the Father, even though it sometimes feels like we are far away from him. No, we continue our daily disciplines. We continue giving him praise. We continue worshiping him. We continue giving him honor even though we feel like sometimes he's a distant relative and he's not responding to your postcards or your emails. You see, when we begin to allow the revelation of the Father as the El Roy and as the El Rion and all the other names we've discussed, we begin making a decision that he is going to be who he says he's going to be in our lives. That's the moment of free will. God will never force who he says he's going to be into your life without you deciding and the moment you decide, that is when you begin to worship and the relational loop is closed. If you are walking out in a space of revelation of the Father, you will know, as Matthew shares in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8, don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask Him. When you are walking out that process, when you know that the Father knows you, you're not walking around going, well, then why do I have to pray? No, you want to pray to the Father that knows all your things and wants to give you all the things before you even ask because you'll want to worship Him as the God who provides for everything that you need. And so when we begin to pray our needs, we are celebrating God as the fulfiller of those needs. We're not begging God to say, Oh, Father, I need a new Ferrari. Oh, Father, I need a new cell phone. Oh, Father. And I'm not begging God for those kinds of needs. No, I'm getting first a revelation of who He is in the moment. And then through prayer, I'm celebrating who He is in the moment through worship. And as a result, I mean walking in relationship with God. And how many of you know that when we are in tight relationship with the Father, when we're walking with Him in the cool of the evening, we are blessed. We are blessed. But it's when we take the revelation of who God is, deny it, tell Him that He's not those things by the way we walk out our lives. If we back our medication before we back divine healing, if we back other gods in our lives, we are not returning the revelation of the Father in the form of worship back to Him and closing the relational loop. Today know that as the Father, He is in spiritual awesomeness. He is the most supreme spiritual God. He is in control of all spiritual elements of your life. But He's also in control of all of the spiritual elements of the entire universe. He is El Elyon. But in so being so powerful and in such control over all of those spiritual gifts, when we celebrate Him as our spiritual Father, as our spiritual source, we understand that He knows exactly what spiritual source to pour over the situation that we are in. And then He becomes El Roy. And now we begin to worship Him. Not looking left and right, we close the relational loop and we are now walking a life 
of blessing in blessed relationship with the Father. I hope my ramblings today have helped you understand that as we begin to unpack and as we begin to understand more of who God is, more of how He can be in our lives, when we, when we get involved in that revelation, and if you're saying, Craig, how do I do this revelation? How do I get more revelation of the Father? There's only one source, and that is reading the living Word. That is going into the Word and seeing God in every Scripture. So read the Gospels and say, God, reveal who you are in that moment. As Jesus stepped up and spoke to the woman who was caught in sin, go, don't just look at what Jesus was doing. Say, how does that reveal about the Father in my moment? Right now, I'm feeling like I'm a sinner. I'm being accused, left, right, and center. Well, if you read that story in your moment, you'll see that God reached out to those who were downtrodden. He wanted to love those who were accused. He wanted to change lives around. And in the moment, we can get a glimpse just by reading that one parable, that one story, we can get a glimpse of who the Father is in our moment. And then we begin standing up. We allow the accusations to fall away. We draw a deaf ear to those who are falsely accusing us. My father always used to say that false accusations should be like water off a duck's back. It should just run away. If you know that it's false, there's no reason to give it any attention. And we know that the false accusations of the evil one are always going to be false because he's a liar. And so when we stand up knowing that God has been revealed as somebody that has spiritual authority, divine spiritual authority in our moment, and he sees our moment, knows our moment, now we can begin understanding and give him praise for being that spiritual father in the moment. Romans chapter 8 says sometimes that you're not even going to know what to ask the Father, but just turn to Him and the Holy Spirit will help you close that relational loop because He knows what it is that you need. It's an amazing, amazing journey, understanding that we don't have to be the solution to problems. We just have to usher in the great I am who I am. We just have to usher in this God and Father. Turn to Jesus as the great revealer of the Father in your life. And that is why when you will be able to be in relationship with God because of the revelation of Jesus Christ in your life. I hope today's message has spurred you on to get stuck into the Word, not just to read it, not just to have a Bible reading streak, but to genuinely have revelation of who the Father is in your moment. Maybe He is in the moment, your El Roy. Maybe He is in the moment, the El Yon. But whatever He's promised you to be, He will be. Let's worship Him together, knowing that His Word is always genuine and is always true. Jesus Christ was that revelation of God to man. And so every single midweek service, we come together and we celebrate, we do something called communion. And all that is, is we take two things that represent Jesus' body and Jesus' blood. It's kind of a way of saying all of Jesus was really here. He really came to earth. He really revealed who God was to me. And I accept that revelation. I accept it in the form of His body and His blood. And so when we celebrate communion, it's not a time when we mourn the death of Jesus. No, it's a time that we keep doing to remember the revelation that Jesus brought us of the Father. In fact, Jesus said to His disciples, Hey, you need to keep doing this to remember who I am. And the reason he said that you needed to remember who Jesus was was because he wanted you to be in relationship with the Father. He was part of the I Am, and he was jealous that you have a relationship with the Father. He wants you to have a relationship with the Father. He wants you to walk in that revelation and make the decision to return the revelation as worship. Well, 
we get a moment right now to do just that. We will receive the revelation that Jesus' body and blood was broken and shed for us. That is a divine moment of revelation of who God was. How is that so? Aren't we just celebrating the death of Jesus Christ? No, we are celebrating the fact that God was so passionate about loving you that He sent His Son so that we would know who the Father was. He wanted you to be in relationship with Him. And to do that, He had to get through things. He had to jump through a whole lot of hoops, one of the which was being killed, resurrected, and then raised. And so when we have a look at this, this celebration of communion is a way in which we celebrate that Jesus' body came, arrived, died, was resurrected so that we could be in relationship with the Father. So whatever you've got today, a piece of bread, some water, a cup of coffee, whatever you've got to use, just take a moment for those things to symbolize the wow, wow awesomeness of God Alroy, God Alyon revealed to us through the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Take, eat, and know that Jesus loves you. And drink, because his covenant is like blood. It's been shed. His covenant is real. And his word, who he says he will be, is who he is. And so drink and know that God is the great I am, and his word is never, ever void. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that we can come before the table and we can receive further revelation of who you are in our lives that you are the supreme spiritual being in our lives, that you are in the detail, that you see us, that you can wrap us up in your love. And Father God, thank you for having the spiritual authority over our lives to be able to apply your spiritual authority into the detail of our lives. Thank you for being the God that sees, but thank you for being the God that has all power to correct, aid, and help, and heal all that you see. Father, you amaze us, and we thank you for all that you are. And we pray blessings over everybody that's received this message. May the seed germinate, may it grow, and may it inspire people to go back and have more revelation of who you are and return that with a decision to worship who you are so that you can be the I am who I am. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so very, very much for joining us here at Victory Life Church Online. I hope that as I begin to unpack all my notes from my journal, that it doesn't confuse you. If I've said anything that you might feel is, is off base, well, may that be an inspiration for you to go and study and go and get your own revelation of God and go and wrestle it out. I'd love to hear from you. Jump into the Facebook and Facebook group that's been given to you right now on the link and tell us what you thought. Tell us what you got out of it. I'd love to maybe use some of your comments in next week's message. So please make sure that you're commenting on the Facebook group and being part of this great journey of getting revelation of who the Father is so that we can worship who the Father is. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you this weekend and next week as we continue the teachings from Pastor Dwayne and our midweek series entitled He Has a Name. I look forward to seeing you online really, really soon. Be blessed.